for today. Don't fight your problems. Know that there is a solution. And Joseph Murphy, when I fight or resist a problem, I am actually giving it strength and and with and weakening my chances of finding a solution. If I think constructively about a problem and I a, a course of action will present itself. Constructive thinking is to know that a power greater than myself is doing, is directing me and that, that this power already has the answer. In asking God's help with a problem, I take whatever action is possible, knowing that every step brings me closer to the solution. For today, there is no problem I can't take to God and, and move and, and none for which God does not have a solution. This is, uh, I may get emotional and I, I feel safe enough in this room to be emotional, but I want to tell you where the emotion is coming from. It's last night's topic brought forward to this morning, multiplied by 10, which is rescue and being helpless and feeling like you can't win no matter who or how or what you're trying to do to either help somebody or yourself. Now, let me start with my cup is more than half full. I'm Ed, I'm a recovering bulimic, I'm in recovery, I'm not recovered. And this is definitely a circumstance that would make me eat. And so that's why I feel okay sharing it in terms of dealing with what I'm dealing with right now as far as a very close person that is going through hell that I can empathize with and I'm trying not to overreact. So let me say that it's awareness, acceptance, and action that I'm focusing on. And I have this tendency to play Clark Kent, and this person is tied up with family of origin stuff, never a romantic interest, but a friend for 40, 50 years. She had a close girlfriend who I was involved with emotionally, who died from pills, alcohol, cancer. Um, I came back to 12 steps through Al-Anon, so I don't know that I'm a double winner, but I definitely want to share that part of what goes into this rescue issue, because many of the people I've talked with and, and shared with in Al-Anon, they either have someone still alive or like me, people that are dead that they couldn't save, and they have to deal with those issues. The OA fellowship has given me a lot more comfort, frankly, in dealing with my own issues than Al-Anon because we're surviving day to day. They're in Al-Anon separating themselves from people they can't save. And I've gone through that. So that's where I'm at right now. This woman is nearly blind from diabetes. And a year and a half ago, I did a rescue with her. 
that cost me a couple thousand dollars and it's not the money and it's not the gold star for the rescue. But she had an unsanitary situation in her home and she couldn't even see it. And I walked in and it was intolerable to me. And I immediately took charge and called all these people with buckets and cleanup parades and et cetera. And we got her place sanitary again. And she's been there, uh, you know, living continuously. She's in her late 60s, living on very little income, been subsidizing that too. She had a roommate who died a year ago, and I've been picking up whatever he kicked in. Again, not gold star. She went away to see family of origin in Pittsburgh for the Jewish holidays in September. She has not returned to her own home for one day since she left the first week of September. She had coronary heart failure. She had a double bypass. She got shipped from three different hospitals between Indiana and Pittsburgh. Nobody wanted to take her. She was waiting. They all expected her to die on their, on, on their table, okay? Took, took a whole massive medical intervention to save this woman's life. She comes home after three months. I, uh, I send my girl, my helper, to clean her place and get it ready for her when she, before she comes in. The place was invaded by mold, even to the point where her wheelchair, she couldn't use anymore. It was invaded by mold. All her clothes had to be thrown out. All of her furniture had to be thrown out. Everything, paper, plastic, everything was covered with mold. And $300 of cleaning later, apparently her neighbors have mold in this building. And she wants to go back in. And there's like, Okay, which chicken, which egg first? Do we call ServPro and spend hundreds more to clean it, only to find out that six months later, after refurnishing it and cleaning it, she's going to have to move again? And here's the rub. I've helped pay for this lady's rent for four months where she hasn't been there, September, October, November, December, helped make rent payments, and now she needs to move out, and she's afraid to do that and can't find a place to live. We are boxed. She's staying with the friend that picked her up at the airport. I feel helpless. She feels helpless. And I'm trying to assure her that I'm there for her as a resource. And I told myself I wasn't going to do another rescue. And this is the Al-Anon separating yourself from people you can't save. Well, this, this person needs my help. And I'm, I'm capable of loaning the credit card. and and, and the, the, the help and the goodwill, but I can't make the right decision. I have to turn all of this over to a higher power so strongly, so clearly. I asked my young lady helper, I said, look, I'm ready to do everything wrong again. Just call, and I had her call the cooler heads that I call in that are calmer, like, like when we have a bomber in the meeting, and, and, and a moderator is calmer, so I'm not as agitated, okay? And so I'm, my awareness and my acceptance of my rescue and my inability to save people on my watch, I have to save myself and my recovery is at stake here. And I can offer her what I can offer her, but the best thing I can do is, is turn this over to the higher power without deserting her wait for some guidance 
There can't be a problem I can't turn over to him that he can't help me find an answer to. We just read that. And boy, do I need that help. And does she need that help? And I need that help to help her. And I feel helpless. You know, it's not hard to pick up the phone and call a company to say, come clean a lady's apartment. I've done it a year and a half ago. I tried to clean it myself and broke furniture along the way clumsily and ended up spending 400 bucks having to replace a coffee table I broke that was glass. Any way I do this, I know I'm going to do this wrong. Or at least I suspect I will. And the only thing that I sense that I'm doing with my awareness and acceptance is to not overreact or to try not to overreact and try not to let it settle into my gut and make me go eat. I went to bed last night. I didn't want to go to bed hungry. This was the last meeting I did last night, and I, I, I didn't binge. I gave myself an excuse to eat. I slipped. I didn't need to eat as much as I did, but I didn't wake up feeling as good as I should. And I did a meditation meeting with ladies, and the image was the discussion was body image dysmorphia. I was the only guy in the room, but I pitched in my strength, hope, and, and, and sharing only to the extent that we feel this too. I didn't want to be graphic. I didn't want to be graphic last night in discussing this woman who fell down twice and broke foot with diabetic blindness. We have a member in this group that described something similar. He's not here today. I don't mean to do crosstalk. I'm sensitive to the fact that the way I swagger into a room and take over, I evil and discord. I'm trying so hard to lay back. It's not easy. It's not easy when it's someone you care about. If this was a codependent and it was a, a an addiction situation, and it might as well be because So this is a long-term relationship. Ironically, she has family of origin that wants to take her in, and she's resisting that. The family of origin in Pittsburgh is ready to give her the bed that, uh, to feel safe. And, and, and the safety in your own home is like the safety in your own skin. It's like the safety in your own persona. Can we accept ourselves? All she knows is her little apartment, and now that's been taken away. She spent three months wanting to get back to it, and now is forced to leave it. And really, that's what she's facing. Where is she going to find another place at that price? The, guy, the, the landlord's not cooperating. There's no insurance claim. She's got no lawsuit. He can claim it's her fault for leaving for three months, leaving her air conditioner on, and leaving bread on the counter. Den plausible deniability. There's no amount of intellect I could throw at this problem that's going to solve it. No amount of money that's going to change the fact that I could clean her up again, replace furniture that she can get in and out of her walker safely from this time. Another rescue. I'm trapped in a codependent rescue. I acknowledge it. I'm helpless to handle it myself. I have no choice, no choice but to turn it over to the higher power. And to the fellowship. And a status of recovery 
to have it at risk because of a circumstance I can't control with people I care about that are also tied up with their helplessness. I'm not looking for answers from the group. I'm looking for the support that I'm getting from feeling safe enough to say, I needed to come in here and swagger my way into telling you that Clark Kent feels friggin' helpless. Friggin' helpless. I can't change into a uniform at this point. I had to, as softly as I could, ask my caregiver helper, my 32-year-old, and by the way, they all have COVID. I might... Big deal, I can stay alone in my house. I have plenty of food, and I have my fur animals, and I have you guys. My friend who's bouncing around from place to place, feeling helpless, all she's got is, is a voice from friends that, and we don't know what to do. Just like we didn't know what to do three months ago when she had a heart condition that doctors were unable to operate on because she didn't have veins big enough to pull for a bypass because she's critically diabetic. It's a very sad situation. And yet I feel hopeful from today's reading. Thank you for letting me share.